This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 77, which I am recording in my office with my special guest next to me, Sarah Hart Unger. <laughs> it's a, a live episode. Uh, yeah, yes. this is this is awesome. And Sarah just posted on Instagram about 45 minutes ago that we were looking for questions to answer for this all mailbag episode. To be fair, uh, I think I was supposed to request this a while back. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I am number one, astounded with social media. And number two, I have now learned if you would like a response to something, make it a very immediate request. Like, like now, we're recording now. I was very excited because I said, okay, if you get your questions in the next 60 minutes, we will try to use them. Um, I kind of, to be honest, like, I don't know that we're going to fit all of them. Because there's like 30 on here right now. So, but we'll get to them. We can do two volumes or we can do them at another time. And I am just, I'm just actually really like, kind of touched at how quickly you guys responded to our plea. So thank you. Yeah. And since actually this episode is airing before the other one where we're in the same office together, 
Sarah's visiting Pennsylvania, which is very yes. exciting. So this is, you know, the first yes, time we've a been in the same place. Lovely cold week here. And as we just mentioned, even our families have gotten to hang out and um, it's been great. And you'll get to hear us on a later episode, talk about vacation tips and, and hacks since uh, we do happen to be on vacation. Uh, but we had planned to do two, including a mailbag. And that's what you're going to get today. So let's go ahead and dive right in with these great questions that came in on Instagram. All right. Number one. And these are, by the way, you know, usually a lot of a fair amount of planning goes into our podcast. We kind of not a script, but we have a little bit of an outline. We go back and forth. We thought about our love of the week. We've identified our Q and A. We've sort of thought through things. But today, you're going to get the uncensored Laura and Sarah. I mean, <laughs> we can still go back and slightly censored delete things. And just <laughs> if we'd like to cut something out, our our trusty uh, team can, can do so, but um, otherwise you're going to get some pretty unrehearsed answers. So this will be exciting. Let's do it. All right. Well, this is a good one. What is your favorite guilty pleasure, Laura? Dark chocolate peanut butter cups. <laughs> Why did you say that? Because <laughs> they're sitting on my desk right now. Um, they were just tormenting Sarah uh, for during our previous the episode we yeah. recorded. Finally, she's like, can I have a peanut butter cup? Yeah. <laughs> Staring at them. And Staring thinking, at them. And why those look delicious. And they are. Yeah, you can rustle the bag. Right, rustle the bag. They're, a little for really sound here. effect. I've already uh, had two. They're like amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, so these are Justin's mini dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Organic. It's all good because it's organic. Yeah. yeah like when It turns out when junk food is organic, it's all fine. Peanut butter has protein. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they're pretty good. I actually tried. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a peanut butter cup connoisseur. Like that. Oh. I And unfortunately, I now cannot eat like the regular Reese's. No, I no, I, like although have you tried the Theo? Oh, um, I have, and I like those. Um, Reese's also makes a dark chocolate peanut butter cup, which is, oh. is actually reasonable. Um, it is not bad. Uh, so I would, I would do a shout out for that. There's, um, so what was it called? Real or something? I forget. Oh yes. That Unreal. Came, yeah. Unreal. Candy. That came in, that had actually like quinoa crisps or something in it. And actually that you can't taste it as quinoa, but it's just a little bit of like a puffed rice crispiness. So you've got a little bit more texture in your dark chocolate peanut butter cup, um, which presumably you could have done the same thing by putting like crunchy peanut butter in there. But for whatever reason, this worked go out on a very controversial limb and say that I think that candy with peanut butter and chocolate is better than any other candy. Or nuts too. I mean, because nuts adds like not, not, peanut butter and chocolate. Okay. Just like to me, my opinion. Oh, I thought you were giving like a sort of medical nutrition no. answer there. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, what's better to eat if you need no. like sustenance? No. Is it- like what would I always pick? It's like, oh, okay. the peanut butter and chocolate, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's your guilty pleasure? Um, well, I was going to say like buying random stationary stuff. Mm, that I don't that's need. fun. Like, oh, a new pen or like, I don't know. I never actually need it, but I... Uh, every time I'm in Target now, I swear I buy some of those little notebooks and like pens because I'm always like, oh, well, I can deduct it. In fact, I'm about to show you can't hear me, but I'm about to show Sarah Is there my stash? drawer, the stash oh, of stuff. Your like, stash is almost as bad the stash, the stash of notebooks. Like I'm never in a million years going to use all these yeah. things. I did like, kind of come to the realization that I, I, yeah, that I might not like live to fill all the pages I have purchased. <laughs> With all the great thoughts I am going to have at some point in my life. That is amazing. Okay. Well, we've, we're down one question in four minutes. So at this rate, we're in a lot of trouble. Next question. Here's a not so easy one. How do how did you ha ha ha. This, I wish this was past tense. How did you deal with toddler <laughs> tantrums? 
Well, we almost, we had a, a not, to- he's not a toddler. He's three, but we had one last night. Um, that, uh, yeah. Tantrums don't stop when you're, no, no, no you can still, it's the preschool. Oh, age. and oh my goodness. Like even Ruth, who's seven had a scream fest the other day about something. Um, so, you know, it's whenever the kid is like tired and hang, hangry, hangry whatever. Hangry, yeah. It's just real thing. Um, it, it can happen. Uh, so last night, Alex was was so mad. And he'd been playing like you, we had the play date with Sarah's family. So that was very stimulating. <laughs> and then uh, it was a long day or starting early with Christmas morning. He was just fighting me with going to bed. Like he was railing around. He was and in his own little way. I mean, he's calling me a poopy head. And then he said, I don't love you. <laughs> like, oh, this is so better than I hate you. <laughs> I was trying I to like, a few times you know, <laughs> what, what he can think of to try to wound me. Um, but I was just sort of like holding him and rocking him. And then slowly, you know, we went over to the bed and I was holding him down as he was thrashing. But then I, it's like, you could tell he's so tired because he starts calming down and then the like weight coming over him and then he's like i want my baby doll and so i gave him his baby doll and he hugged it and then he fell asleep that's so sweet i, love that. I don't know you just kind of have to be calm through them i say it would be the the one thing like because if if you get upset it, it makes it 10 times worse whereas you know if it, just the kid is screaming that's fine <laughs> like it's just one true. person um whereas two of you is much worse. So uh, as much as possible, even if you're in public, you know, if you can remove yourself from the situation, that's awesome. Like just, you know, leave the shopping cart, go out um, and, you know, come back in in a minute. Change of scenery. Change of scenery. We've had, we've had one parent leave a restaurant with, with a child many, many times. Um, It's always just, okay, well, you're going to feel that warm Miami air, that crisp cold air, depending on where you are. And all of a sudden the kid is more motivated. Yeah. Well, it's, and I, I think, you know, in any situation, it's great if you can, find an out, which is the one issue with like plane flights that there's no out. Right. So, um, although you can get up and walk the aisles if you can, or like just go into the bathroom for five minutes with the kid. And it's just like, you know, sometimes that's helpful, but you know, any situation where you can figure out, well, what will my out be? And then just be calm, sort of like, turns out like scratching their their back um, sometimes is, you know, puts them in a positive mood. But yeah, if you are kind of bored by the tantrum, as opposed to you know, reacting. And it doesn't work as well. And they, they get the message, but we don't have like a grand answer. Tantrums no. are going to happen. I will say like the preventative, um, you know, preventing the hangry and preventing the tired. It's not always possible, but it definitely can help. Yeah. So, you know, when you notice it coming on, be like, oh, okay, time to go rest. <laughs> time to go take our bath and get in bed or, you or know, with, with, with my older child, it's, eat a banana, like, <laughs> eat a banana. Yes. Eat hangry. something. Yes. So anything you can do to, beat it off at the beginning. All right. Next question. How do you document and preserve kid memories? So what do you do? Oh, I have a lot of systems for this. Okay. So we do photo books one per year, although I will say I'm behind. I have my 2017, yes, 2017 photo book, like ready to, it's almost ready to go. I kind of haven't finished organizing it, but all the pictures are up in Shutterfly, saved as an album. So I feel like I'm almost there. And then, so every year I do that. I don't therefore obsessively feel the need to organize my online photos. I have enough through the blog and then the printed photo books, and I can always reprint them, I tell myself, because Shutterfly saves them, that I know people get stressed out by, oh, I have like all these photos from four years ago. What am I going to do? Like, I just 
forget about them. I, I have like hard disk drives. I back them up. And if, if that like got lost or stolen, I actually don't really, I'll live. I have the printed thing and I move on with life. And then the other thing I do is that for special artwork or keepsakes or like report cards, I have, I think I mentioned this on a prior episode, but I have been keeping up with it and it's been, been great. Actually, I've even found like I needed Annabelle's last report card to move and I, and I had it. I use these, um, I got this, I believe, from the Happier podcast. They talked about having these giant file boxes and then a, a folder for each grade. And I have two. I need to get another box for Genevieve, but obviously she hasn't had any grades yet. So <laughs> it's okay. And I just stick in like, I don't know, between 10 and 15 things, maybe max. Like it's not like I stick every homework assignment. I'm not the kind of person who feels the need to keep all those. But if it's a special picture or you know a note from a teacher or something... I'll keep them. And then, uh, yeah, so I have stuff going all the way back to like two's year for Annabelle and, and for Cameron, and it's starting to feel like a little collection. That's nice. What about you guys? That's fine. Yeah, I don't really have that. Um, I mean, we have a box downstairs that we've saved a lot of artwork in, but I'm not sure if having that in the basement is uh, the smartest thing of, because, you know, obviously basements flood and um, that would be uh, something that could uh, go badly um, pretty quickly. As for photos, I mean, we make photo books every year. And then so they're on Shutterfly uh, as well. So a lot of our, our highlights, at least, are there. Many of my favorite photos from my phone wind up on Instagram. So I have those. Or, yes. you know, there are some blog photos and things like that. So I'm not... You know, I, I've emailed... I was emailing my favorite fo- photos to myself um, over to a separate account I have. So they're backed up there as well. Ah. Um, we also use Google Photos. My husband set that up. So actually anything on my phone, I think automatically goes there. And that includes videos as well. It's not the highest resolution, but you know, they're there. Um, so and 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 I kind of do like a little bit of redundancy so that you know if Google ever went bust, then okay, I have my shutterfly books, <laughs> my shutterfly, and I have yeah. my Instagram or because like who knows what's gonna be around in 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Occasionally, you look back through the old photos, you're just like, whoa. We dug out our um, wedding album uh, on our wedding anniversary this past year. And I was like, who are those people? (laughs) I didn't think I'd age that much, but (laughs) apparently. But you find that like, you know, 20 or 30 photos do the trick, right? For a given year or era in your life. You don't need, you know, people are taking like 20 pictures a day now, and then they feel like they need to carefully save all of them and edit every single one. I mean, guys, like, you're not going to have time to look at all those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> you can't replay the video of every moment of your life because you are going to not have time to live your next life. So I guess I, I would say less is a little bit. That's just my philosophy. Not yeah. to go too crazy. All right. I get too stressed. Excellent out answer. All right. Next. Oh, well, we'll save that one. Um, what Myers-Briggs personality types are you two? Are your personalities more similar or more different to your husband's or kids? What is your Myers-Briggs? Do you know? INTJ. I am ESFJ. So there you go. We actually do not have a lot of... We are only sharing J, which makes sense because that's like the planning. The planner. Yeah. That's our upholder letter, um, yeah. which we do share that type. But yeah, the other letters are all different. So that's why you get that nice counterpoint perhaps on this blog. <laughs> I believe my husband is... A, I don't know what he is. I, I think yeah. he's an IN... ISTJ? <laughs> Are those even Myers-Briggs letters? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it might be ISTJ. Maybe ISTJ. Maybe that's my dad. I don't know. Um, but uh, no, we are different. My husband and I, we definitely, I have the E and he has the I. And um, yeah. I think my husband is slightly more E, uh, although neither of us are exactly, you know, over the top people, people. Uh, I, it's, in theory, he's more of the, the P. I don't know what the middle ones are, but the P um, at the end, he will act that way in most situations that he's willing to do stuff um, at the seat of his pants. Uh, like he will not be sure which flight he's on uh, up until the last possible minute. 
which I, if I were his assistant, I would go crazy. My husband is talented at making flights the last possible. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I mean, Michael always makes it. I mean, I, I, there's been very few flights he's actually missed. Um, but there's often not a lot of wiggle room, but, but he, he could be on actually two different flights that were leaving from the same airport. And it's just, which one he gets on. It, it, it's, it's, I don't even get it, but um, it just makes it work. It just makes it work. Uh, so that's, but the, the, the good news is um, he is not an over the top P at home um, uh-huh. because that would not work. And so I, while it's not his favorite thing to do to sit down with me to plan the next month, he accepts uh, he, he has accepted it as reality and he's gotten a lot better out of Two it. Two peas and four kids would be a, would be uh, would be a nightmare. Though. I don't know how people would do it, but let's do it. Like maybe our babysitter will stay overnight tonight. Let's see if that uh, happens. And how about your kids? Do your kids have, um, types yet that you can i i don't know i mean it's uh, yeah it's i mean so much of it is the i and the e i feel like that's that's probably set my older is an i my second is an e and the third yet to be yet to be the rest i believe actually there is some data on like you don't get some of these until your 20s and actually i was an estj until somewhere what's that mean i don't know i don't really know i don't put a whole lot of stock in this by the way yeah i know they're not terribly research-based they're just interesting they're a jumping point to to think to conversation my thinking turned into a feeling as i became more wise with the world (laughs) apparently i just still don't feel (laughs) (laughs) and and then enneagram we had someone ask us about that i have taken i i don't know much about Mm -hmm. enneagram i've taken one quiz and it like Gave me a one and a three. Like yeah, I, was tied I think that was, them, so. I was, I was a one, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <clears throat> okay. Well, that's our personality type. Here's a great open-ended question, Laura. What keeps you up at oh, night? Oh, goodness. Um, fortunately, not much. Um, I'm a big fan of taking melatonin before I go to sleep. And so I am out like a light. Um, I take it about 30 minutes before I go to bed and that solved that problem. So there you go. <laughs> I will say nothing really keeps me up at night either. I but I don't even need melatonin. I am I am. You're like, so exhausted. You're just dead anyway. I, I just I've never had a sleeping problem. I can always get up early. I may wake up early, and that, then I may be awake. But I'm not going to really have trouble going to sleep. I think if there's something the next day that I'm really nervous about, whether that's a conversation that I don't want to have or something that's like anxiety producing, then then occasionally that will bug me but you know yeah it's it's not a not too frequent of a thing i will say i sleep more i sleep poorly on sunday nights compared to the rest of the week mm. just a little bit of you know pre-week pre-week yeah. energy it's not really anxiety i usually mm. wake up on monday very ready to go but i'm just you know i mean there's things in the larger world i'm not happy about but i guess i feel like my not sleeping won't solve that problem probably not yeah so <laughs> there we go so we just move on okay is it better to set one goal and focus on just that or multiple goals to allow more variety? Well, you know my feeling. I'm all about the multiple goals. I mean, I'm not really a singularly focused kind of person. I never have been. I always like to, you know, it's not that I have 95 different goals and I'm unfocused, but I tend to be working in different things in different realms of my life. And I enjoy that. Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with working on multiple goals at once. Although if there's one really, really big goal in your life, you're trying to do like, if you're trying to quit smoking, I would not try to do anything else at the same time. I think that's, uh, you know, enough of an all consuming, difficult thing or, you know, 
whatever the equivalent would be for you, you might want to just do that. And then you can, you know, if you need to lose weight or whatever, deal with that next year. <laughs> but, uh, or, or, you know, six months from now, whenever you feel like you are able to, to give it, it's, it's due. Um, but that's one of the reasons I like the, the quarterly goals idea is that, you know, you choose, you could say like, I have all these big career goals for the year, but I don't have to focus on them all at the same time. I can do this one now and know that. I'm and in really the summer that I'll work on this other thing that, so there is a time for it, but now it's not this time. Yes. And you know, you do have to remember that you, you don't just have to set goals once a year. You know, this is airing in mid January. You may have already tackled some goals and you may want to think about, you know, what's nice. Yeah. Or any any day is a good day. Yeah. Any day is a good day. Tuesday goals. Why not? But I guess we're in the multiple camp. Okay. When do you tackle the house management tasks that cannot be done with a too young for screens child underfoot and cannot be outsourced? Her examples are... I'm finding this really funny that Sarah has set time limits. She's got these on her phone because we're getting them off Instagram. <laughs> but she has set a time limit for herself of how long she can be on her phone. And she has surpassed uh, that limit because of... <laughs> probably <laughs> disable that. Yes. So nice. she keeps having to sign back I in. I just to myself as I believe I'm only allowed to spend 30 minutes per day on Instagram. But, you know, that self didn't know I was going to be using that for a, <laughs> for a productive purpose. Okay. Examples were paying nanny taxes bailing out disability insurance paperwork, buying birthday presents, et cetera. The hours alone are so precious. I hate to spend them doing stuff like this. Oh, I get that. Like, I mean, I definitely am not a fan of doing chores like while you have nap time or something. I mean, because that just feels, you know, like you're you're wasting this good time. I but never also do chores post-bedtime. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't like doing that either. But I think this is one of these... Um, so we've talked about homing from work, uh, that some people work from home, others home from work. So if you have an in the office job, which if she has a, a nanny, a full-time nanny, it sounds like she may, um, that you can use some of your breaks that you would be like scrolling around on headlines, you know, that those unproductive times we all have at work, use them for something like this, right? So you know, go fill out that paperwork for 15 minutes and then get back to, to work or something like that. But I would, I would honestly say stuff like buying birthday presents, you can do on your phone while the kid is underfoot. I mean, this is not necessarily something you have to do while, I mean, you know, you look up occasionally, but if you're in a baby proof room, yes. then you can like let the kid kind of crawl around and you can do a few things on the phone and then, you know, eventually get back to whatever. The you're other doing. might be harder. The, yeah. The, the well, obviously disability paperwork, you can do that. You kind of need to focus a little bit, but, but buying a birthday present on yes, Amazon that on your phone, that's, that's like two seconds. By the way, one thing you have to tell this is a total digression, but I've thought about perhaps starting to keep a little bit of a birthday present closet mm. because, you know, it's like, you know, I act surprised. Oh, another seven-year-old girl birthday party. Like, <laughs> Imagine that. I could, I could <laughs> we never want to see that coming. I mean, I could probably get some fairly generic five-year-old boy and seven-year-old girl gifts and have them around. And like worst case scenario, they could become gifts for my own oh, children. That's true. Should they not be used um, for people? And that would kind of take this out of the, you know, because we both have discussed that we have our gift wrapping supplies always all ready to go. So then that could just take that off your list entirely because yeah. you're just doing it once a year, buying a bunch of stuff. And, and especially like, I mean, things that are, are good for anyone. I mean, you know, like children's books, like if you have some favorite children's books, maybe you could, you know, make a little bundle of them. And then that bundle is, is given totally. to um, anyone who, you know, is in within that age range or something. Puzzles, puzzles, craft types, yeah, supplies, craft supplies, things that are yeah. fairly generic. So yeah, totally agree. Um, and I also agree with that. So my two times that I do these types of things are a my home from work time, which means yeah, I've finished with all my patients. It's I don't really take a true lunch break to be honest. A lot of the times, I mean, I eat in like ten minutes with my colleagues. Like I, maybe it's a holdover from pumping, whatever. But if it's twelve 
40 and I'm done with my impatience from the morning and I know my next patient isn't until 115, then that's, I will eat lunch quickly and then I will do stuff. And that was the kind of stuff that I might do or early in the morning, 5am is my, like, I can just somehow get stuff done so quickly. So, although some might think, say that that's not the best time to, you know, waste my best, best brain time paying nanny taxes. And that's when you're going to write your book. Exactly. That's (laughs) when I'm going to write my book in in soon, very soon. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Laura, why do you sometimes call your kids by name and sometimes by number? (laughs) Privacy concerns. Sarah, you refer to yours by name. Did that happen or was it deliberate? I've had a blog for a million years. And I guess my thought is that in this day and age, there's like a little bit of a blurriness between your online life and your actual life. And I'm not going to divulge anybody's social security number or very private moments online because I feel like anyone can get it there. So I guess I just don't feel like I need to hide the kids' names. I do feel like, you know, I'm getting to the point where even like photos, I want to be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to choose photos where I would never post like an embarrassing photo of my kids. I might post, post them looking cute. My oldest, Annabelle, is at the age where if she told me, mommy, don't post that, I would respect yeah. her wishes. Uh, and I guess if she ever said not to use her name, but I don't, I don't see her having that. It yeah. could happen. I mean, yeah, you know, it could happen. Assume, it could happen. She's like and I would fourteen. That yeah, at that, point. Uh, that point, well, she'll have her own social media presence, probably. So yeah, uh, she likes to announce, "Oh, I've done a podcast," which is really just a recording in our house. Well, that's our great, house, but that counts. That totally <laughs> counts. Totally counts. So yeah, yeah. I there's there's no good explanation for that. I I had become wary of the fact that when you have a blog that's been around for a long time and has been linked to, and you have linked out and all that, it will often come up on the top of the results for anyone whose name has been mentioned on it, who's not like a very, very famous person. Um, And so I had had this happen with somebody, you know, even like articles I've written that then the person does something different, maybe something they said in that article, they're not happy about anymore, but you can't even get rid of it. Like it's, you know, it's Ah. just, and so, I mean, when I had, uh, I mean, even this is, you know, take a little dark turn here, but a a friend of mine died in an accident in March and I was very careful not to put his name on the, blog when I wrote about it because I knew it would come up before his official obituary, not because of anything on my blog, but just my blog's been around forever and has been linked to and the obituary would not have been oh, right, you know, yeah. at least at the beginning. Yeah. So I don't want my blog to be the official thing. Like that's not fair to him or his family or anything like that. And and so I'm very wary of using people's names on the blog. Now, for some reason, I... You know, so the podcast, when I was first not using the kids' names, it was sort of a holdover from that. Out of habit. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I think it was very 90s to give your kids, like, or not 90s, I guess there were no blogs in the 90s, but early 2000s. 2000s people give, give their them kids, like, disgusting monikers. Names. Yeah. But I think that's sort of fallen out of favor. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, you know, I don't want my kids to necessarily have their entire online identity established by me um, without them having any say over it. I think that. The, so the podcast, it's it's less sort of immediately searchable, although somebody will tell me that's probably not true. Um, but I, I don't mention their like last names with it. Um, right. I Neither don't, of our kids have exactly like our, our last names. Yeah. And in my books, I've used their first names. And obviously, if you you know want to do a little Google searching, you could probably figure out what their last name is based on you know. I don't even know what their last name. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I know somewhere in my brain, but I don't even know. So there you go. We'll just, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Well. Ooh, here's a good one. How do you... Well, okay. (laughs) It's a funny one. How do you deal with older relatives, mother-in-law and others? This is not like specific to our (laughs) in-laws, but this is just the questioner. Who feel your divisions of labor are crazy and your husband does too much. (laughs) 
Um, I will just stand up right now and say my in-laws would never like, I I'm very lucky. I, I have not faced this personally in any way. I grew up in a, in a household where my dad always swept the floor. My mom cooked dinner and then my dad would like do a lot of cleaning. He always swept the floor. So I'm not from one of those homes where the male gets to like sit on their butt while the woman cleans up. And so I've never really had anyone comment. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and I mean, my parents uh, had had sort of a more. I mean, they had something of a traditional split. In that my father has always been the one with the full time job, but my mom worked as a a tutor for many years, and so those hours are like three to six. And so, from my perspective, it was often my father taking care of me in the afternoon um, when I got home from school. So it's kind of. You know, you wouldn't see it as like the 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 traditional roles with that. But um, so so they they wouldn't have been approaching it with that. My I'm, my mother in law is um a fully ambitious uh, professional woman. Uh, had a great uh, raised her kids and then went back and got her MBA and uh, had a wonderful career um, after that. And so yeah. So hmm, how can we help? How can this we answer person? this person? I mean, has that? I don't know if that person has. Hey, I could probably respond right now. No. No. Well, I think I think one thing you can do is sort of not treat it. I mean, again, with the same thing with the toddler tantrums, and it's similar in many ways. Um, is that you just sort of stay calm yourself. Just you know, you're not making a point of it of like what your husband does or doesn't do, um, but just sort of explain it matter of factly. Um, you know, it'd be like. You know, let's say your husband's name is John, and your your mother in law is asking you about something. You'd be like, oh, that, that's something John usually deals with. Um, here, let me let me go get him for you. Like if they're like, oh, does does Josh really mind helping clean up after his hard day of work? <laughs> like, I mean, I'd probably say, oh, it's so wonderful that he gets to you know come home in time to spend this time mm. with us. Or you could, put yeah, a or just yeah, or- put a positive spin on sort of silly questions like are you really sure you should have John stay with your kids while you're traveling? Be like, Oh, he's such a great dad. (laughs) You know, like something like, you know, just, and you know, trust that this person loves you both. And is just coming from a different world where, you know, this is, this is strange. So it's to her, it's something like, you know, if you showed up with blue hair, you know, it'd just be something you had to comment on. So. Love it. Okay. What are your systems for all the household? This is a broad question questioner. What, what are your systems for all the household or life things that need to be done? Mm. Exactly. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> Cleaning, filter changes, oil changes, healthcare. So you divide and conquer mm. these tasks with your spouses. So I have never gone so far as to create a Tiffany Dufu. Um, by the way, she's the author of Drop the Ball, which is a great book about this kind of a question. Um, I've never made a spreadsheet. So I would say ours is unfolded fairly organically, but then every once in a while, there may come a task where... I really feel like it would be better off with him doing it. And then I will simply ask and say, I would like you to take charge of figuring out our move and hiring the movers. Um, and I'll tell you which date I think that we should do it. And I'll be there to, so I guess, um, you know, we're pretty straightforward about it and he'll do the same thing to me. He'll, it, it, there are some tasks that sort of naturally fall because it seems like our gifts are maybe more suited. And I'm not saying that from a gender perspective. I'm saying like, I have no spatial relationships. So like, don't ask me to, figure out how the furniture is going to fit in the room. Cause I'm not going to be good at that. We both know that. 
Um, and he's not good with time. So he's not going to be good at getting us ready to go to the airport on time, for example. But some things in a more gray area, um, we will we will specifically kind of ask. Yeah. Well, and it, there's another part of this question, which is what the system should be. I think it helps to have specific dates when you always do something. So if something happens monthly, like choose a date of the month as your you know, date that happens, right? So that's a good idea. You know, if you, I, I don't know how often these things are supposed to, whatever is the oil well, change here's the or whatever. Yeah. Gave. Cleaning. Okay. That's like an NA because we yeah, hire but, someone. Filter changes. We each kind of do our, oh, like air conditioner. See, that's his. So it's like, that's like a, yeah. And so he, my, yeah, I think Michael does that every three months or whatever it's supposed to be. And so he'll do it on the start of the quarter because that's an obvious date. And so then when it comes to the start of the quarter, like you know that there are these things you do every three months that now need to be done. And you know what's a great tool for this is actually... So if you do a shared Google Calendar, um, we've been doing this a little bit more. So something like filter changes, if I kind of thought about it, but I didn't want to do it and I wanted to make sure he did it, I would create a task and send it to him as an invite. And then I might make a little note that said like, please do this. And then he would get that on his calendar and he'd be reminded to do it. Whereas it would have been initiated by me. I know that wouldn't work with every couple, but it probably would work for us. Yeah. I mean, we've been thinking about how we'll have like certain triggers for things. I mean, so it turned out that our treadmill was supposed to be like lubricated every year, which we didn't know. And we have it at four years and now we need to do it because huh? it started not being happy. Um, but now I think, okay, well, we'll do that around Christmas. So that's one of the things we're going to do at Christmas every year. You know, they're like smoke alarms need to be tested. You test them like on the first of the month or, you know, something, but just set a recurring date in your mind that is the day all these things happen. And you probably need some tasks that happen, you know, once a month, some that are every three months and some that are annually. I think that's pretty much the, well, there's six months too, you know, but um, yeah, I guess that's the, it's funny. I can't come up with that many of these tasks, which means I probably just am not in charge of a lot. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm the kind of person that if I'm not doing it, I'm like completely free of it. Like, yeah. Well, I was thinking so and some of them the trigger happens from another system, right? Like our insurance, the car insurance is every 6 months and then, you know, so the bill comes, you yes. pay it and then you get your new cards and so that's its own trigger. Like they're not going to stop billing you. So you you know, you have that, you know, some things if you, if you can get people to send you recurring bills that are something you then need to deal with. Um I would think I I'm not sure if this is true, but most families probably have one like designated bill paying official cuz I kind of think it's dangerous if you oh, yeah, don't if you know have more who's than really one. in charge of that, like I pay bills. End of story. I'm fine with it. It's my job. I do it every week, but I get the mail the end. Um or if it's like an online bill like that night. But yeah, I think I mean I think the more tasks you can set up very autopilot and very clear so that there isn't this gray area like well you pay these bills and I pay these bills like make it simple. You know, answer to your talents and um yeah, yeah that sounds good. Okay. Um uh, what ages and sibling dynamics have been a favorite so mm. far? When did you feel your kids became easier? <laughs> the easier well, to you. Well, they're definitely easier now than they were. Although my some of it's personality based too. That my my three year old is still very challenging because he's a very spirited child and um, is not very interested in pleasing people, uh, which then creates its own dynamic. So so he's more difficult than I remember the others being at that age. Because I mean, honestly, when Jasper, my oldest, was that age, we already knew that our third kid was on you know, her way. Uh, so whereas he's always been the baby. So I, I can't imagine like having three children, I mean, two children younger than him with, with the way he is, but, uh, the, the older three are, are very easy at this point. So know for sure that the, by the time you're 11, nine and Everybody seven, says survive until five, right? I mean, survive until five. I mean, I think that, you know, by the time they are school age, they can, 
it's really the point where they can be let go like in a house and you know that they'll probably be okay. I mean, it's like the question when you go to a friend's house for dinner or something, can they just be trusted to go play with the kids and play in the basement? You don't need to hover over them. Um, we, we recently went to a friend's party and it was the first time we'd let Alex wander um, the house and there were some issues. <laughs> there was... Um, it's not quite, it wasn't quite there, uh, but it wasn't horrible either. Unfortunately, they they also have uh, they have three year old twins, so they're not unaware yeah. Of, yeah. of they're not going to have like live wires live wires sticking out somewhere. Yeah, so we just received a text. I'm gonna I'm gonna insert this into the podcast because it says, <laughs> we lost all the children. We are hopeful they are still in the museum. <laughs> and then there's one that says, "Okay, okay." Oh, that's pretty funny. It's just in everyone. It's just in everyone. Well, all our husbands are hanging out at the Please Touch yeah. Museum with the I seven hope children. Not lost. <laughs> it seems like it would be hard to lose Genevieve. I mean, I could, I could totally see um, Alex being lost. Sam has, in fact, been lost at the Please Touch Museum. So that's its own a repeat performance. But uh, probably pretty safe there. And, and Jasper would would not go anywhere. So yes, I think I think that was my husband's <laughs> idea of humor. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Um, wow. Yeah. I think, I think the four, four to five things get much easier. And I also feel like the year between one and two is the hardest. Yeah. Now. Like we've just entered that and it's really hard. I mean, we, we were just out to brunch with friends and like, you know, there was a little bit of hijinks from Cameron and their younger one, who's about a year younger than Cameron. But for the most part, you could sit and have a nice meal and talk Except for Genevieve, Except who was like Genevieve. up and she was down and she was grabbing everything. There was glass like flying everywhere. And, you know, it's just, you know, yeah. so, but <laughs> it's short, line, you yeah. all like it, it's really short. It goes by that year is only a year long. And um, even two is better than one and three is better than two and four is better than three. And then after that, I think you're good. Yeah, I think four, four plus experience. is pretty good. Except if, you know, if your kid has, um, you know, some sort of special needs or, or issues that's going to you know cause any sort of behavioral problems yes. or yes. or sleep issues. And then. Then that's a different ball game, but that's you know that, so we don't have to say anything about that. Yes. Okay. This is a very important. We're going to have to divide this into two episodes, by the way, because we're already at thirty-four minutes, and I am so, I'm really very grateful to these people who submitted these wonderful questions. But Laura, this is for you. What is the best order to read your books? Oh dear. <laughs> Well, I guess if you're reading the time management ones, I guess you could read them in, in the order they came out. Um, so 168 hours is a you know pretty good basic introduction to time management. Um, although if you want really short, what the most successful people do before breakfast is, is probably a good place to start too. Um, the other ones are a bit more either specific. So I know how she does it. If, if you're like coming to me like while you're on maternity leave, for instance, that would be a good book to start with. Off the clock, I kind of think of it as more of the advanced class. So maybe that's, I don't know. What would you Um, I mean, they all have different... I think it depends on where you are in life. I think 168 Hours is like a perennial classic. And there's a lot to be learned from that book. Uh, Off the clock, I think is a great one to read. Like if you're on vacation and you just want to like sort of think about how you use time and different ways of thinking about time and, you know... That she talks about being off the clock. So it might be nice to read it at a time when you feel like you're a little bit off the clock. So that one's a great one to take maybe on a conference with you or, or on a, a girl's trip. Yeah. I don't know that there's a right answer, uh, but, but, what a- but read them. That would be great. <laughs> I don't care what order you read in them in <laughs> any order. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we have time for, let's say two more. Okay. Any advice or strategies for staying engaged and in the moment during those precious hours between work and bedtime, say 5.30 or 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. is not an ideal time of day, but I'd like to make better use of that time. 
So I think we did do an episode on evenings at some point yes, in the past. It was very early. On. And if yeah. you go to lauravandercam.com, my website, there's um, sort of the the start here, or Laura's favorites or something. One of one of the like best of things I have on there. There's ways to spend the evening hours with little kids, um, which is a you know, it's just something that doesn't happen to us now because it, our school age kids have evening activities. So it's like the evening's over before we even like know it. Um, I feel oh, a lot of the time, but when they were really little, that was not the case. I mean, especially when I had a two year old who never slept, I mean, he was not into sleeping, um, at all. And he still isn't, but, uh, he's 11 and now can entertain himself. There were long evenings. <laughs> it was a, it was a lot of time. Which and they're not always going to feel precious. No, it's it's okay. It's okay if they don't feel precious. Like take that pressure off yourself. It's just time. It's time. Like any other. Just because you are a working parent doesn't mean you never see your kids. Like so, get that thought out of your head right now. You're probably spending quite a bit of time with your children. Um, So you don't actually have to think of every half hour as you know some miracle. Yeah, because it's not going to (laughs) feel. (laughs) <laughs> like a miracle, big chunks of the time, but it doesn't matter. It's all good anyway. So um, I think, you know, having a plan was always helpful for me. Like, you know, especially when I lived in New York, we might go get in the stroller and go for an evening walk, right? That would be something we could do. You know, if you're in a place that doesn't have sidewalks or lights, that might be less feasible. But, you know, there might be a, a building playroom that we had in our apartment that we went there. But it could be that you want to do a certain puzzle with your kids or you want to, you know, play a certain game. And maybe you're, you're not excited about every game in the world, but you could get excited about one. And, and then you because you are in charge, you can force them to play that. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah, I feel like having sort of a time template that really works for you. Like, you know, okay. I mean, number one, I will also say when I'm not on call, I try to, that is a time I try to stash my phone in this little dish at well, in front of our old house. I guess I'll have to get a new dish. New um, dish. And, you know, not have that interruption because that that is going to, you know, put a wrench in any kind of bonding that might occur in this uh, for me, not always so precious time, but still it's time. Um, but kind of knowing like, okay, we like to try to play from this time until this time. And then we like to do bath and then we like to do this. And just, I mean, I'm sure this is self-explanatory. Most of you probably have rituals, but really thinking through like what works and what doesn't. And I actually don't have dinner with the kids most of the time. Um, so they're fed already. So we can kind of just devote that time to, okay, just playing. And then usually, uh, you know, for me, I do bedtime with Genevieve. So that's like kind of a quiet, nice ritual. And I let my kids have the beautiful, precious ritual of watching a TV show while I do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then I kind of shift over to some nice time with the big kids. And for me, what makes that time um, feel like it's worthy of being savored is like snuggling on a couch with a book and like choosing one that that I like and kind of just making that a, a ritual for us. So, um, you know, I don't tend to do a lot of outings. I mean, I can imagine a walk when it's still light out, but generally, generally it's just sort of following our template, but inserting elements that I might enjoy into it, whether that be a game that I like or doing a puzzle together, or just even choosing the right kind of books to read together. Wine. Wine is good too. That, yeah. That <laughs> wine during bath time. Wine during you know. bath time or wine during that dinner while your kids are watching a show right before you start book time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or not, not making light of that. I know people are like, oh, the wine thing is out, but you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. you do 
Um, and baths can go on for a while. Like if the kids are having fun playing and it's just playtime, like let them play. Or, um, if, you know, I find reading to kids actually a lot more tolerable than many other things. Um, so, you know, reading lots of books, like you can have story time go on for quite a while. If that's something you like. Very, very into it. And if it's a good book, like there's a lot of really good children's literature. So uh, read for an hour. Yeah. It goes by pretty quickly if you're all enjoying the story. Yeah. Lately, we've been doing a lot of Roald Dahl. Yeah. Those are, those are good books. And and he writes with an eye toward parents reading it as well. So um, think, think about that kind of uh, literature that, that you will find enjoyable too. And yeah, no, that's... Uh, and, and again, not every night is going to be some sort of wonderful Pinterest, Pinterest story. story. And it's like you're there like so five cool. nights a week, mm-hmm. like good, you know, you know, nothing is wonderful five times a week. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Oh, someone just wished us love from Australia. Thank that's nice. you. Um, hmm. Okay. Here's, here's the last one. It's a little hard. I love Laura's book off the clock. Thank you, Allison. And I've tried to do more activities with my kids. that would give me these memories. However, how do you deal with the gimmies like throwing a fit over not getting every souvenir at a show <laughs> or you get them an icy one time and then they expect it every time. I want to give my kids special experiences or treats, but the entitlement to it every time puts a damper on it. <laughs> I usually like to tell my kids in advance. So that it's today not, is not an icy no, day. No, for real. So it's not a surprise <laughs> when we get there um, because otherwise, you know, they do kind of expect it. And we do have allowance. We've talked about allowances on another episode, but if we're going to a museum and I'm not planning on buying it, them every, anything, which is most of the time, I will tell them, you know, if you're interested in purchasing something at the end, you may do so with your own money. And if you're out of money, then that means, sorry, you can get it next time. So I do feel like telling them beforehand that that's not what they can expect out of the experience uh, is helpful. Yeah. I mean, we try not to go through gift shops as much as possible. Like, oh, we won't be going through there. All right. We're walking right through. We're out. Um, and so, so it wouldn't be an expectation. Uh, or you can even tell them like, oh, every fourth time you can pick something out and then they, they come to know. Yeah. But I, I, I would say that I would also not let the gimmies ruin your experience of, of the fun moment, because of course they see wonderful things and would like them. And, you know, why not? Why, why wouldn't they ask? Like, why wouldn't they try? I mean, you buy them other things occasionally. So why wouldn't they try? Um, it doesn't mean that the experience itself was not good. Um, I think it's important to sort of compartmentalize this as, as well. Like, you know, a day that has a couple bad moments is still a pretty good day. You know, a fun trip somewhere that had a, you know, 10 minute argument about why we're not buying plastic crap from the gift store was still probably a pretty good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so don't let that, let's not be too precious about stuff that if the whole thing wasn't perfect, it wasn't a good time. You're totally right. Yeah. Otherwise we never get out and do anything. Yeah. (laughs) And that would be no good either. So there we go. All right. Well, this is, yeah, been a a long one. It's been an all mailbag um, episode. I guess we have a love of the week. I will, I will say that I, I was not on Instagram until really like, I mean, I had an account, but I didn't start posting regularly till pretty much just like a year ago or so and a year and a half ago. And I really like it. <laughs> I mean, I can spend a lot of time on there. That's um, why I have a time limit on my phone. <laughs> time limit on the phone. Uh, no, it's like Facebook without some of the stuff that started to annoy me a lot about Facebook. Um, yes. There's not as much political stuff. Because I mean, it's harder to put... Ar- yeah, that. you control your feed, but it's harder to post articles because you can't even do the links. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's just very much the, the baby photos and stuff, which is what I liked about Facebook before. So... 
I, I would say Instagram is. I definitely enjoy Instagram as well. I'll give a shout out to the limits in the uh, phone. <laughs> Even though you've blown through them. I think that generally they're, they're quite helpful. So um, uh, there's like this whole article about kind of hacking your iPhone to help you use it less. And uh, I don't have the details in front of me, but hopefully I, I can link to it if I find it when this publishes. And it's, it's great. You kind of set things on autopilot. If you're prone to picking it up and you want it to kind of be a little bit less convenient, there are now built-in ways of doing so. Yeah. Nice. Or you could decide, hey, I like my phone. <laughs> so, I like Instagram. I, like Instagram. I, I do, by the way. I've, I've kind of enjoyed seeing the, the new screen time feature. I, I like getting my report on, on Sunday morning in which you I can be I can be confronted with my, my statistics. I quite enjoy that uh, and see how it goes each week. So, so thanks, Apple. Thanks, <laughs> Apple, for putting that in as an automatic. automatic Speaking of note. Apple, this is a perfect moment. This is unplanned. You should all reach this podcast. Um, on your, Yes, please on your do on iTunes. Um, we continue to want to get it out to more people because we love doing it and we like to spread our message. And it's so much fun when we can ask for questions and actually get a whole bunch of them. And the only way people will find it is if... Yeah. If they listen. So yeah, please uh, rate us, uh, review us on iTunes or uh, elsewhere. Um, Follow us on Instagram. We're at best of both worlds podcast with the appropriate underscores between those words. Um, And uh, yeah, that's uh, it. Well, all right. This has been best of both worlds episode 77, all mailbag. Uh, We'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah at the shoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.